1: from Blue Wire Studios today so you're ready for the August premiere
0: Blue Wire
1: Dunks and Discourse, episode 34, the Giannis edition, and uh, this is, this is timely. It is timely that the likely back-to-back MVP is going to be the first episode where we get to review actual game since we started this podcast. We're still going to do, we do, we're we still going to get towards the end of this podcast, we're going to do some movie trivia, we're going to talk about what we're binging, but we have watched, I know that I and Jabari have both been, you know, glued to the screen the last three days watching a ton of basketball. We have literal basketball things to discuss not just politics although i'm sure that'll work its way in there somehow um but i'm very excited jabari i think this is the most excited i've been to do a pause since we started
0: no without a doubt and you know what let's get this business out of the way happy belated hoping hope you enjoyed your pseudo christmas day slate of games for your birthday it was actually really nice
1: man it was a really nice day uh the i i, I should have pulled this up beforehand because this my blood was just boiling when Lisa Salter <laughs> said on, on Friday night that um, there's not a lot to do in the bubble. Players can pretty much only, you know, ride their bikes, play golf, hang out together, play video games, fish. And uh, then she went on to say how the NBA has actually stocked the lakes with fish to guarantee that they catch stuff. And I was like, day. that sounds like the best summer. That sounds like, hey, you're you're not working. You're just playing basketball and you're playing video games with the homies, um, <laughs> shooting a couple rounds of golf, riding your bike. I'm like, you're just describing, and that is basically what I did my birthday minus the fishing. I'm like, you just described like the perfect summer for every other average human on the planet.
0: Yeah, and 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 I know nobody wants to hear this, but let's be real. <laughs> For us, for all of us, that would be great, and even for a lot of the players, that would be great. But for some folks, they're they're accustomed to being being right now, being in San Tropez and, and and you know <laughs> places of that nature. So that's probably why you'll hear some of the some of that whining. But you know, all in all, you're right. There's nothing at all wrong with any of that, especially if you've got a if you're into fishing or if you're getting into fishing. If you've got a lake that's being restocked, you know, you, you really can't ask for more.
1: It's just a lack of perspective, man. Like how how many people just live to get 18 holes in, in the summer, man? Like how yeah. how many people just live to, you know, get out, you know, get home, play the video game. Like all these like simple pleasures that people die for and it's just like, come on.
0: Come well, on. Like, I, but here, here here let me push back on that. It's a lack of perspective, but I could you know, they could also say, "Well, it's also a lack of perspective for you." Yes. How many people, but this is what we
1: do. This is what we're accustomed to. And see, yeah, you
0: know I, what I'm saying?
1: And I would push back on your pushback by saying they don't have a perspective. They have a viewpoint because they're in the elite. And that's why the whole millionaires, billionaires thing, when you can't take simple joy in things that 99, mm -hmm. 99, 98% of the population can, that's on you. They're still human beings, and they still are entitled
0: to their feelings. I, I, we're not actually, we actually don't disagree. And I recognize, yes, they are a part of the elite because they have the ability to worry about not being in Saint Tropez or anywhere else. But they're still human beings, and I understand it. It is what I don't it even is. Know,
1: I don't even know where Saint Tropez is.
0: So I don't, th- I don't th- either. That's what we're working with And I'm sitting here like, man, I hope I'm saying that right. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I don't even know what that is. So. I'm a commenter. Uh, I don't know about these things. On the basketball front, if Giannis does become an MVP, if he does go back-to-back, which I think we can pretty much safely assume he will, he'll be the 12th player in NBA history to do that. Ooh, okay. 12 okay. guys gone back-to-back on the MVP. I'm, I, I,
0: I'm sensing that there may be some trivia surrounding that at some point.
1: There might be. There might be. Um, I'm not going to make you guess the other 11 right now, but uh, you know, it, I, might, it, I, might, I, it might be coming. We'll see how we do for time. And I was Um, thinking, man, I hope he doesn't ask me that. I don't know, man. I I will point out that, you know, for all the Lakers fans listening, those of you who love Jabari more than you hate me, um, Nash is on that list and Kobe isn't. So we can start there. And uh, no. Um, (laughs) Yeah. He was giving that. That was cool. So three three days of bubble games. Um, Really quick off the top, rather than just like, what are you thinking? Um, Which playoff team are you most worried about?
0: man I there's a couple but the jazz you know honestly the jazz worries me probably the most because you know they're right there in the thick of things and they look pretty lackluster against the thunder I recognize you know we can't overreact on one game but that didn't just look like a situation where they were simply missing boyan Bagdanovich and I and that absence is clear that looks like a team that's just not right
1: yeah, I mean they, they look very bad. I you know I would like to go off off board here, but they are my answer as well because they look they look pretty bad. Even in a win against the Pelicans, who the Pelicans are just like a, a mess. They, yeah, you know it's a total mess. They, they squeaked looked, one out. Yeah, they they did not look good in a win. Um, and. I gotta say, like when people always do the overrated underrated conversation, and you know, like every big account puts that out every three weeks. Mm-hmm. I'm often uninspired. Like I, I often go to reply to those tweets, and then I don't mm-hmm. actually reply because I, the perception of players changes so much. And if you know the first hundred answers are a player, then that probably isn't that player probably isn't overrated. You know what I mean or underrated. Yeah. But I'm I'm pretty decided that donovan mitchell is the most overrated player in the nba like i i feel He's the most overrated Ooh, okay i just feel like again like last week we were talking about how an executive said he was on like the steph curry lebron james level and this is a guy who through two bubble games is averaging 16 points shooting 37 percent from the floor and i think you know he had an excellent rookie season and he's had a green light, you know, the the first three years of his career to just shoot like crazy on a team that didn't have a lot of offensive creators, but thanks to Rudy Gobert was rock solid defensively. I think even in this three years, Rudy Gobert's value has gone down. The, the way the game has played has gone down. And we are now seeing when, you know, when when, when team defense uh, from a rim protector isn't going to carry you all the way through a game and you need, you know, that dynamo score. I, I just don't think Mitchell is that guy. And um, I just, you know, I think I've talked about Zach Levine. If Zach Levine and Mitchell switch roles, I don't think there would be much change for either team. Uh, Cavs, Anada. Justin Rowan posted a Colin Sexton, Donovan Mitchell comparison a couple days ago. And, it, I mean, it was... Uh, it was I, I was honestly baffled by how close the numbers were, and I was because I would never think Colin Sexton or Donovan Mitchell, but that's kind of what happens when you get to just shoot on a good team and you have a playoff run. Like his reputation, just out of this world.
0: Yeah, and and you know this is one of those ones where I I would prefer to push back on it specifically because I like Donovan, um, but the truth of the matter is you're right, and I, you know I'm sure you caught it, but I'm just going to reiterate what I said last week when when the, the mysterious uh, you know executive mentioned that. I, I meant that I one hundred percent think it was somebody that used to be associated with CAA that's just trying to you know kind of you know wink wink nod nod and, and do a former client a you know a favor, um and and you know Jazz fans are gonna get mad because last week I was going at Gobert this week it, it it appears as though we're going at Donovan Mitchell that's not the case I think that, I think both can be you know their their ceiling is very good on their best of nights and there's no and there's no shame in that. But when you start to, you know, when you start to say, like, can the two of them win titles together, you need them to be great. When you start to compare Donovan Mitchell to some all-time greats at you know, like, at his position, then you
1: need to be great and not, you know, just the risk of being very good. The, I you know, and, I, and again, no offense to Jazz fans. I just, I think this is, this has gone wrong. Um, can, can I just I, don't think this is going to work. Can I ask you a related question
0: to this? Because yeah. this is something that we've discussed at times and, and, and it's not taking you off topic. You and I both, you know, we kind of went back and forth, you know, last week about the person saying, you know, that they didn't think they could win with Gobert. Here's what I meant by that when I agreed with it. It's not that I think that Gobert is the problem. It's not that I think that Donovan and Gobert can't be figured out and they can't find a way to, you know, get them to, you know, I guess, uh, be, you know, sing Kumbaya once again. It's when I, it's when I see the numbers for the Supermax. That's actually what, you know, why I agree with it. If you're Dennis Lindsey, obviously, you know, the GM of the of the Jazz would you be willing to pay Gobert 44 48 52 56
1: and 60 over the next you know over the, over the next five years no I'm not like I'm not and uh, again like I, I feel like I've mostly defended Gobert the last few years on the show last week I kind of defended how he felt in regards to how he was treated mm-hmm. um, he so, and I, I I even think the 82 game 16 game player thing is somewhat you know, overstated, but I watch, you know, Stephen Adams grabbing boards and making hook shots over him, you know, yesterday or two days ago, and I, I just, I think the gap between paying Stephen Adams $20 million and Rudy Gobert 50 is not is not even close to what that financial divide is, and I just don't see a way, I don't think the current Jazz, even with Bogdanovich, were winning more than a round in this, po- in this postseason, I don't.
0: I, so to, I agree
1: with to, you. To then pay Gobert that mon- money and limit yourself even further, uh, I-, I just don't see it ending well. I don't. I-, I just don't see a team that can spend that kind of money on Rudy Gobert, especially when the cap might shrink, right? And mm-hmm. and, and still be successful.
0: So my reason for actually asking all of that, it isn't even to be disparaging against Gobert. And you're right. You have, you've done a good job. Uh, you've done a solid job of, of defending him. But in this case, I won't even make you. My reason for asking is, does the Supermax even work? Because I can't think of a situation where it actually has for one of these teams
1: where it was designed for. Yeah. And I, I guess that is sort of the problem, right? Like, mm-hmm. it's had the opposite. The NBA should just have a franchise take, is how I feel. Right? Like, that was like what this was yeah the the end of like x is going to run on you and derail your team you can keep them at 125% of what you paid them at last year or whatever it is
0: mm-hmm.
1: um for another year to try to work something out um and then if you keep them again it's like that the price tag keeps going up to an astronomical amount but this this super max was meant to combat small market teams losing stars and instead it's locked in stars that they've had to get off or that have buried them and you look at john wall and blake griffin and Mm-hmm. I, I just I think it ha- it's had the opposite effect, so it it just it, it's a failed experiment. You know, kudos on the NBA on trying to find a way to balance the field a little bit with with the clause, but it just it hasn't worked.
0: Yeah, yeah, that, that's that's kind of where i had, where I had come to. I was interested in seeing if you if you were you know fully there. It, it I I, you know, I get why they tried, but yeah, it, it it's more of an anchor than anything. You know, but yeah. see
1: if if the NBA had a franchise tag, Kawhi Leonard would still be a Toronto Raptor. Yeah, in all likelihood, he would. Yeah, either you sit out or you take the 175% of your deal, whatever. Like, whatever they want to work it out. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's you can only keep them one more year. I, I don't know. But this if, if the goal is to try and keep stars in the markets where they've come up, the Supermax is not working. It, it's yeah. just not. Okay. Um, and, and, and not to spend too much longer on the Jazz, but it's just the center position is just not... Not what it was, man. Like it, it, it just—that's too much money for anyone to play center. And that, like, and so maybe here's another, like, me defending Gobert and like Jazz fans, if you've hung in, um, I wouldn't want to spend sixty million on Carl Anthony Towns, on Nikola Jokic, on Joel Embiid. I wouldn't want to spend that money on a single big. I wouldn't even want to spend that on Anthony Davis, to be honest. So yeah, there, um, there's there's not a single big that does so much on
0: both ends that you that 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 I would want to pay that much for. That's not to say that they're not going to get it. That some of those names in particular aren't going to get—they're probably going to. they in, in all likelihood they will. It's just—it's just so difficult to win right now. <laughs> to win yeah. right now in the NBA, you will centered around those guys. The the only guy over six ten in the NBA, I'd want to spend that kind of money on is Giannis. That's it. That's fair. Yeah. It, and, it, um, and it used to be KD, but obviously not—you know—not
1: anymore. Yeah, and I mean, it will. Where's he at? Uh, that's still. It would have been really nice to see him in the bubble. Um, would have been to get an idea, but yeah, um, okay, so three days in, there's been a lot of uh revision, hot takery You know, some guys are missing, we haven't had full teams. Denver's having to play like four guys in a lineup that are six, nine or taller because they have zero mm-hmm. guards. Um, but with that said, your finals prediction before we left was Lakers Bucks. Has that changed?
0: It hasn't changed, but you know because you know the concerns and thoughts that I had prior to these last few few days, you know they're they've actually been somewhat solidified. I genuinely believe that the winner of the Lakers and Clippers is going to have a ridiculous battle on their hands, whether it's the Bucks, the Raptors, and you know what, we're let's talk a little bit about the Raptors here you know, coming up. But uh, you know, Bucks, Raptors, Celtics, or any of those other teams, it's going to be crazy. I still think the matchups are going to shake out that it's going to end up being Lakers Bucks, but. Uh, I'll say this, I, I wouldn't be as, I wouldn't be quite as shocked if it ended up being one of those other teams, like more than anything, what I'm most excited about, cause Josh, you know, we've been doing this for a couple years now, what, you know, whether under this title or, 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 or another, we, we are actually going to get all of those, at least it appears knock on wood, knock on, you know, you know, praying to pray into the basketball gods. We're going to get those matchups all the way throughout the playoffs on both sides of the bracket. And, it, and I'm really here for it.
1: Yeah. I Um, I, I think so. I hope so. I mean, again, like, as exi- I have watched so much basketball the last three days, and I'm so very excited and happy, but even as we're recording this, there's something ominous going on with Jimmy Butler, where mm. we've got the quote from Jay Crowder saying, like, you know, when you hear he's going through what he's going through, and we hope he gets back from quarantine, but there's whispers in my DMs that this has nothing to do with COVID, and, you know, and we haven't had anyone sick yet. Like, there's... There's still things that could change things. So if of you're course. hoping for a perfect result here, I think we've been very lucky so far. I just don't know if we'll get it. But, yeah, I, I, I'm i excited for all these matchups, too. I, I do think the Clippers are, are going to the finals, though. Okay. I, I just... the the Like, you know, and, and well done on the Lakers to get that first one, that first game back. And it, it was a pretty good game. But uh, I just... And I, I'm trying to think, you know, I want to credit whoever wrote the article that the Clippers are built built to stop LeBron, not necessarily to stop Anthony Davis. I think that's a good point because they don't really have, you know, an ideal defender for him. But I, I, I think the Clippers are going to the finals. I think the Bucks are probably going to the finals. I feel like the Celtics are sneaky. And um, I don't get the Raptors. So, you know, let, let's spend a couple minutes on the Raptors. Because okay. I hate to be the Raptors' pessimist, you know, heralding <laughs> from Canada. But, like, I just... It's weird that last night, following a Raptors win over the Lakers... The prevailing take on Twitter somehow was that Kawhi Leonard isn't as wasn't as important to their title run as people claimed. Like, well, from some on, people, that, that, I, that, I think that's ridiculous. But yeah, there were some people that were saying that. That that's, that's where, like, obviously Nick Wright took it. That's where a lot of fans were taking it. Raptors fans are trying to, like, find some sort of validation in that, like, it actually wasn't Kawhi. It was this team, and Kawhi just made it, you know, happen a little bit more. Like, no, come on. Like, Kawhi Leonard absolutely carried them in the Philadelphia series. Oh, without you know, like, a doubt. Like, it, it, it wasn't even close. Like, Toronto would have been out in five against Philly if it was DeRozan and not Kawhi and Danny Green. Like, so so give me a break. Yes, the team stepped up. You got some better performances from, from Lowry, Siakam, and Van Fleet in the final two rounds. And it wasn't as heavily on Kawhi. But he was still their best player the next two rounds. Like, I just think it, the conversation got a little stupid. And as you know the lakers really struggled last night and I, like we'll get to their side of this in a second but i still think as good as the raptors ball movement is they're very going to very much going to miss The fact that Kawhi could just shoulder absolutely any defender in the NBA out of the way and create a, you know, 14-foot jumper for himself that he hits. Like, they do not have a go-get-it scorer on that roster. And, um, you know, as happy as Kyle Lowry played a phenomenal game last night. Phenomenal. Mm -hmm. And he was the best player, you know, in Game 6, closing out the Warriors in the finals. I appreciate Kyle Lowry. I truly, truly do. But his size is limiting. And he was one of, you know, prior to last season... He was a noted guy whose percentages went down every single year in the postseason. Not quite as bad as Theron, but he was in that mix. So I just, I think people are getting a little ahead of themselves in the Raptors.
0: Yeah, and and you know, a guy, you know, someone like me, I want to believe in him because I, I like a story like this. But I will, I will absolutely acknowledge some of the you know some of their fans it's like look you don't have to you don't have to kind of like reshape things in order to make the narrative sound even better the one-off situation that it you know that's an incredible story and that's not to you know that's not to take anything away from you know the runs along the way but we we all knew what they were you and I have talked about them you know you you, I used to get on Kyle Lowry for those exact reasons specifically because you and it was actually not because I had anything against Kyle Lowry it's because you used to go at DeMar DeRozan and I just felt like okay well I'm just gonna go his guy now, but you know, but the truth of the matter is, I think the you know, outside of the you know, the the reaction from the fans or the reaction from you know, you know, some of the bigger accounts that are you know, that have you know, now recently kind of latched on, I think the Raptors are a live bet because they believe they are. If that makes sense, you know, like you know, beyond being the defending champs and having gone through the fires, you know, they didn't they didn't suffer from what would have actually been an understandable you know postseason hangover. And they actually immediately developed like a true and shared chip on their shoulders. So, part of me just wants to see them in a series, specifically because we all wrote them off as being anywhere near contenders once Kawhi and Danny left. Well, I'm not saying that every you know, all of us said that they were going to be you know you know junk. I think you had you, you predicted somewhere in the six or seven you know you know type you know type range, and I said they, you know they may or may not be, you know even, even make the playoffs. So, I think that they've all kind of bought into that. All of them are continuing to buy into their roles, and while yes, I agree with you, you know they will. They, you know, excuse me, they could have some serious issues when they are in a situation where they need a guy to just go out and get them a bucket. Part of me wants to see it. I, I, I legitimately want to see this. I, I don't think that they're in that Atlanta Hawks from a couple years ago under Coach Bud situation where they, nope, it was just nope. a matter of ball movement
1: or anything like that. I think that I think they're I think they're actually live. To, to, okay. To, to be clear, I think they're legitimately good. I never thought that Hawks team was legitimately good. Okay, so, that's fair. I mean, I,
0: oh, I, but, I wasn't
1: accusing you of
0: that. But yeah, you yeah. Know, when we when we speak of like teams that are just ball movement, you know, like base stats, that's the first one that comes to my mind.
1: But but here's the thing, man. It is really hard to win an NBA championship without a superstar. The it Raptors is. don't have that right now. Two thousand four Pistons type feel though, and I know you saw that going yeah. around. It, it that yeah. is a
0: legitimate feeling. And and, and I I hear you. I hear you, but who is Rip Hamilton? In a, in different forms, you know, you know Siakam and OG are those guys. I, I recognize because they don't have the shooters.
1: Lowry and Billups have been compared for going on seven years now, and they are a very valid, you know, conversation. They're going to be similar places all time. They're both probably going to be Hall of Famers. I understand. And Siakam, you can say, is Sheed. And and maybe you can get me on Marcus Saul and Serge Ibaka together being mm-hmm. Ben Wallace or something. And yeah. OG's a very good defender. He he fits the Tayshon Prince mold, but Fred VanVleet is, is yeah. Is they need Rip. Fred
0: VanVleet. You're right. They they need Fred VanVleet to be the, to be the performer that he was at his best in last year's run. Because and
1: go get character. us a bucket and convert on every hard look when the offense isn't going was Rip's job. Mm-hmm. And um, I I you know Fred is good, but he's small too. And I just I yep. the thing the thing is like the Raptors. Fans deserve this run 100%. And to your point, uh, Nick Nurse has the Raptors. Honestly, truly, look at the Bucks roster, look at the Raptors roster. They shouldn't even be close in wins, like mm-hmm. from a talent perspective. The Raptors show up ready to play every single night. It's incredibly admirable. Okay. They're well prepared. And, and honest to God, more I've never felt more in my life two things about the Raptors. Um, and I'm not an eye test guy. The Raptors' spine was made of silly putty prior to getting Kawhi Leonard, prior to moving on from DeMar DeRozan and Dwayne Casey. Mm -hmm. They had no stomach for any battles whatsoever. DeRozan and Lowry both put up just anemic performances when the team needed the most. So that's one. And two, since last postseason, this Raptors team's mentality is is different. They got the Wolverine adamantium spine (laughs) upgrade. And they just fucking battle, and I, I I appreciate that. I just think when the chips are chips are out, um, it, it, when the chips are down, it's gonna it's gonna be how do we you know combat Giannis and Chris Middleton as shot makers, and I just don't know that they'll be able to do that. And I look at a team like you know Philly's a mess, but I look at a team like Boston. I'm like, they have three guys on that team who I think like can get their shot at any time. And are also a good defensive team, and I just so again, I think Toronto's probably the third best team in the East. It's not like I'm saying they're bad. It's just yeah. I don't think they're. I don't legitimately like Ramona Shelburne too. You know, this is why no one would be surprised if they're in the finals again. I would be very surprised if the Raptors <laughs> in the finals again, and and you should be too. Like that should be part of the story. Like how do you leave the final, lose the finals MVP for nothing, and make the finals again? So if that happens, you know we can have an apology episode. But I don't see it.
0: Yeah, look, I don't think it's li- as likely as with the Bucks, but I'm just saying, I it just wouldn't shock me. It just wouldn't shock me because of all the things that we you know that we've discussed. Uh, but uh, you know what, I, I would absolutely give them their props as you were apologizing.
1: Yeah, yeah fair <laughs> enough. Um, okay, so let's talk about the Lakers for a moment. All right. Um, because I mean, one, they're the Lakers. Uh, LeBron has not looked great through two games. The Lakers mm-hmm. have not looked great through two games. Mm-hmm. Um. LeBron did a very good job at times defensively on both Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. Offensively, he's looked shaky. Um, Pretty shaky. Anthony Davis. Okay, so it, it, on one of, like, five tweets this week where I was just getting dunked on relentlessly, I posed the question, like, I would love to see the civil discourse that would occur if, when, uh-huh. Anthony Davis is played off the floor in the same way Rudy Gobert was against like mm-hmm. Houston. Um, that's my bad on saying if, when. I should have just said if. Like, <laughs> but, you know, here I am going the extra mile being snarky. and I, I rightfully got, got smashed and dashed. But um, people are really quick to tell you that Rudy Gobert's offense is part of the reason he gets played off the floor. Anthony Davis, offensively against the Raptors, was a non-factor last night. Zero. And I I do think there's this, if you are a big man and you are not a primary initiator or creator in the offense, when you're not getting your own, it's this battle to force feed you to get you in the game. And Anthony Davis suffers from this too. And I just, I do not, I, I think there is a case or a situation where, Anthony Davis not being effective and you almost rather have, you know, a couple other floor spacers out there with LeBron. I, I still think that situation exists. I still think we'll see it in the playoffs. I wasn't trying to say Anthony Davis is overrated or he sucks. He's the best big man in the NBA, not named Giannis. So, I, I, you know, again, my bad on the if-when referencing, but I saw it again in Toronto last time. like, why can't Anthony Davis just go out there and smash somebody for an offensive rebound and get himself involved? But he was a fucking... You know, witness, spectator for most of that game offensively, and it's because they didn't force feed him the ball, and maybe that's on LeBron and the Lakers for not force feeding him the ball. But it it sucks to see, you know, a guy that can score thirty points rather easily just not be involved. So, and and here's the deal on this one: I'm going to shock you. You're one hundred
0: percent right about yesterday's game, and here's the deal: had I not seen, th- had I not seen them work their way, your their ways, collective ways through this over the course of the year. And and actually, you just kind of you know find ways to remedy that. I'd be worried. I think that they'll find it. I agree with you. The offense has not looked great. Uh, LeBron hasn't looked great through the first couple games, but some of that can be chalked up to they played the they played the Clippers and they played the Raptors. There's good and 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 that is why I agree with you that in a series. That's going to be the that's going to be the difference. That's going to be the make or break situation. If if you stop LeBron, you're going to see you're going to end up stopping the Lakers. That's not to say for the Lakers fans that benefit out there. That's not to say that AD isn't that guy. It can't be that guy. But as this team is set up. LeBron is the driving force and is going to need to continue to play like the driving force. So that said, because I've seen them solve those problems at at times in the past in this season, I can I can chalk that up <clears throat> to saying Anthony Davis didn't bring it last night. I don't know what his reason was, but I think he I think they can find ways to you know uh, to 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 maximize what he brings to the table, and I think he can bring it more and and bring it earlier than he did because he didn't really get it going until the end of the third quarter. I, I'm not quite as concerned, but I, I will say it raised my eyebrows. It definitely, it definitely raised it.
1: I just, I just, I I hate how big men. If if you, if the best scorer on your team is a big man, you have to basically cater everything you do on offense to them. Like Joel Embiid's the same, Towns is the same, Jokic is the same, and it just it takes away from this fast pace outside in. You know, mode that the current league is in. Davis was bad yesterday. But I I just... I don't understand, and maybe now I'm going to point the gun at Frank Vogel for a second. How, from a game plan perspective, when against the Clippers he gets 19 shots, 17 free throws, has a 38% usage rate in that game. Just like, give the ball to Davis and he'll do good things with us. The next game, two days later against the Raptors, he gets seven fucking shots, seven that means that Kyle Kuzma who got 13, Deon Waiters got 11, Marquis Morris and I know some of us in garbage time got 10 in you, 10 minutes.
0: Yeah. KCP
1: wait. Danny Green who was 07 um like they they all got equal or more looks than than Anthony Davis like
0: this one, how, how can that be allowed to happen? This one, I, I, I'm going to take up for Frank. No, this is on Anthony Davis. I watched the game. I was livid. I actually tweeted about it. And usually, for the you know anybody that hasn't been listening for a while or hasn't been following me on Twitter, when I start making jokes about it, it's because I'm livid and pissed off. So that, so when I tweeted about them playing hot potato, I was talking about Anthony Davis. They, like they were all guilty of it. But Anthony Davis, acted like he didn't want to be out there last night. And it's one game, so I don't. Want, I I really don't want to make this all in you know into you uh, it's go. You know, you know, you know it, it, the sky is falling or anything like that because I don't think that's the case. But last night's game, that ain't on Frank Vogel. That's not on LeBron. That was on Anthony Davis. He wasn't in. He wasn't in it. He didn't. He, uh, at a certain point, when you're a great, and I think you're a generational talent, you have to impose your will on a game. Find a way. You know, like and and, and quite frankly, don't pass up the open ones, which is what he was doing. Again, I think it was a bad game. I don't think it's I don't think it's going to be a trend but we
1: will see you know yeah and, and the last thing I'll say on this though is like and, and here's my knock on Anthony Davis he he's a bit of a like diva is a bad word but the whole I'm not gonna I'm not gonna play center this is how I want to play this is where I want to get my looks thing like you know the point of having the body that he like go get yours you know like just just go get it if you're not involved because, because from, a, from an athletic size standpoint, you know, Kyle Lowry had 14 rebounds in that game yesterday. Mm-hmm. Davis had
0: six. Well, yeah, I mean, Kyle Lowry's all over the court and chasing and chasing things down, and and he wanted to go get those 14 rebounds. But bring and bring 50%
1: we've seen, of that effort we, with Anthony seen, Davis's frame, and it's game over, man. And we've seen
0: that from Anthony Davis. So again, like, like, let's not paint this into, like, oh, this is, you know, he's got a soft mentality. We've seen nope, him. that's defend, not what I'm saying. Mean, yeah, oh, oh I know, I know. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I, fair enough. But, but, you know, but you know how people will take things.
1: My, 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 <laughs> yeah. But back to my full circle point here is I can see a situation in the playoffs where Anthony Davis is not feeling involved and he's not doing the extra things to go get his and the Lakers are almost better off bringing in Kyle Kuzma to get a fourth shooter than him. And if and, that happens, we'll be right here talking about it. Yeah. And and again, I'm not saying, like, bench Anthony Davis. I'm saying there's a situation with his size where if he's not getting force-fed, you might be better off going another way. And I think that's just the reality of being a big man in today's NBA. Um, so that's that, I guess. Uh, Zion Pelicans. That's what my note says here. So <laughs> um, <coughs> I'll, I'll do it. Excuse me. I'll um, do it. I don't okay, mind. Go ahead. I'll
0: be the one. All right. I'm trying to think of the way I want to phrase this, but I'm just going to say it straight up, even at the risk of offending some overly sensitive fans. Uh, you know they're going to call it hate. Zion's body will always be a concern whether it's fair or not. He's amazing physically. I'm not questioning that, you know, but the risks that are there are always going to be there and that's why I worries that his traje- career trajectory could actually be more comet than star. I that, I'm talking about trajectory for the to, to once again to be clear, if his body holds up, I'm 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 the leader of the the sky is the limit train. But that's, that if gets bigger and bigger the more I watch him compete at this level. And to be honest, I know that the league wants him to be the face of it. I think that Giannis and Luca will be the faces of the league within the next two years with Trey and a couple others following behind. And I worry about Zion's body allowing him to be in that same mix. The,
1: the Pelicans on a whole look like crap. I mean, they just look out of sync. And I I wondered from a, a roster construction perspective, like, bringing veterans like J.J. Reddick and Derek Mm -hmm. Favors who are on their last couple stops, all the Lakers kids, three rookies, the Zion hype, but Drew's, Drew's, you know, the heart and soul of that team. It just, there was a lot of moving pieces. Um, You know, people joke about, like, you know, do the Clippers secretly hate each other? Do the the Pelicans like each other behind closed doors? Like, is that four different camps? they know each other? Yeah, like, so... The thing on Zion, too, is this smells like Markel Fultz. And here's yet another tweet I got killed for. I'm not saying Zion is talent-wise anything like Markel Fultz. I just don't think we're getting the whole story here. Like the mm-hmm. Zion quote that, quote-unquote, working back into my flow. He played 15 minutes in a scrimmage game that was slower paced than, than the regular season before we break. I get he was out of the bubble. I get it's so the way back of 15 minutes? Like, you, you, you know, working back into my flow, what does that mean? You and, know, how I, there's certain guys to that point, you know, how there's certain guys
0: that it doesn't matter, you know, like they can take a week off and like you know hit the ground running and, and it's like they never stop, but then there's other guys they can take a week off and like will gain like five, ten pounds just on GP, do like not, not eating any differently, but like. Zion is one of those guys, man. Like, so, like, if he takes breaks off, which obviously all of the little, like, you know, like, little, you know, getting banged up and the little injuries are going to cause, it's only going to continue to, like, like, this is, this is the reason why it's a legitimate concern because the conditioning is always going to be a concern.
1: It, there was a tweet floating around that went viral and it was like Instagram models on Instagram versus Instagram models in reality mm-hmm. and it's that photo that of Zion in the mask looking like Bane jacked as hell in the gym yep. you know, staring at the camera and then him sucking wind sideways after 8 minutes in an NBA game mm-hmm. and looking a little chunky I said this before he was drafted everyone needs to slow the hell down on him I think he'll be great he's been great in the 19 game seat sample mm-hmm. he'll be great he cannot play it that way that's the, he cannot play NBA basketball at that weight. Yeah, for an extended period. No, no, and, and not in today's NBA. Mm-mm. Like, Lakers Shaq got away with it, too, because it was a slower game and there was just simply no one who could challenge him from a size perspective. But Orlando Shaq would be better today because his conditioning was so much greater. Mm-hmm. Like, he was in just such better shape. Zion needs to lose some weight. And And, again, I'm not, you know, a master fitness guy, but, like, It's just very clear if conditioning is the issue. But how this is like a full situation... I don't think we're getting the truth. I I don't think they're being transparent. I don't believe that there wasn't a setback. I don't think this is just him sucking wind. I mean, why can't he come... Like, if he takes the entire third quarter off... Like, why can't he come play the last three minutes of the fourth quarter? If it's just about flow. If it's just about... And and David Griffin said there's no minutes limit.
0: Yeah, especially when he got to the... Didn't that game go to overtime? That... I don't even remember. I don't no. think it did. did it? Oh no, no, no! It didn't. I'm, I'm confusing. That's a, that's how much you know how much we watched. The Blazers one
1: game. yeah. And Lakers or and sorry, Mavericks, Rockets. Yeah. But excuse. Me. So then David Griffin. So Gentry says, I was told I have to play in 15 minutes. So that's what I did. And then we could argue whether he played them the best or 15 minutes and why. So again, David Griffin takes the mic and says everyone like they had a performance program for every player on their team mm-hmm. and. Um, Zion missed his mark because he had to leave the bubble for legitimate reasons. And so, like, no, he can't play 40 minutes. I don't think anyone's asking for him to play 40 minutes. But how come he can't play 22 in optimal times during the game if it's just a flow conditioning thing? Especially when you're getting your ass beat by 44 points by the Clippers. You know, like, it's uh, yeah, it's, or- it, it's weird, man. Like, I, I've just seen enough of this with the Sixers the last few years to, like, something smells funny, man.
0: I, you know, honestly, I, I, to your point, I agree. I don't think I well for one, I don't think that they, they, and when I say they, I mean, you know, teams and play, I don't think they're ever being fully transparent. Uh, but in this one, it does it, it, it wouldn't shock me if they are if they're being a little bit coy. What if it's as simple as this? They recognize, yeah, it would be great. The NBA wants us to be in the postseason. We're not going to make it. Let's just get through these games and uh, and and try to just continue and, and get him as healthy as possible for next year. Is it is it possible that it's really that that they just recognize that there's no reason, for, no good reason for them to try to be you know, you're trying to be competing right now?
1: Sure, maybe that maybe that's it. Maybe I think that's optimistic though. It is. is. I mean, if this was about getting him in game shape and getting him reps, then why did he play under that 15 against the Clippers when he could have played garbage time, got his confidence up, played, you know, 20 minutes, got six minutes in that garbage time, got some easy buckets, you know, low F. I, I just, like, it, it smells. And I, yeah. I it sucks for the Pelicans fans because this is a bad situation. But uh, I, I just, yeah, some, something feels very weird with all of this.
0: Yeah, it's definitely, definitely something to keep an eye on, in particular you know, with him just moving forward for throughout the rest of his career. Did you watch Rockets Mavericks? I did. I didn't. I didn't watch the whole game. I, you know, I was watching bits and pieces throughout. Then I, you know, of course, I watched it down the stretch. Yeah.
1: Um, the the game was. I I don't know. I I really love no defense games. Like it, <laughs> it, I I don't know. Real Hooper Twitter will tell you. Like I'm not a. Real fans only like games where tough defense is played. It is fun as hell to watch that many points just go up. Like, 80 75 at halftime, I think. Like, it was just fucking ridiculous, man. Look, I don't want all of my basketball to look
0: like that, but that was exciting and entertaining to see. Oh man, if we get a series that mirrored anything close to you know the close of that for like whether it was five or six or even seven games, I'd enjoy the hell out of it. You know, again, I don't want everything to look like it, but for a particular matchup, I can be here for that.
1: There's some stuff with the Mavs that really annoy me, like, and that comes from like you know fans or and my theory of like. I don't really like hearing from fans about their team too much. And yeah. I, I'm probably like that with the Mattis, too. Because, like, Kristaps Porzingis had, like, 36-16. and 16. Mm-hmm. And the whole game I was, like, texting a buddy about how annoying he was. And, like, you know, turning it over on some of those post-ups and trying to post up, like, PJ Tucker 20 feet from the hoop and, like, mm-hmm. doing dumb stuff. And I'm like, you're 7'3". Just... And you can literally, you have range. You can shoot from anywhere. Just pull up over 6'4", P.J. Tucker. <laughs> like, why are you trying to post him up and dribble it 17 times, um, you know, playing the defense? Ads? But anyway, I mean, you can nitpick. Yeah. Luka absolutely cooked Harden. Yes, like, he did. There was not a single possession until overtime where Harden could stay in front of Luka. And, they, and the Mavs got everything they want, and everyone was involved, and Trey Burke went crazy. Um, why the Mavs... Clutch offense sucks so much. I don't understand. And our, our guy, Jason Maples is like, it's just fatigue. Cause they run everything through Luca, but that's not really true. Like they run a ton of other options. Like, you know, the, the scores are there. Kristaps gets a ton of touches. I don't think that's it, but something about the Mavs' execution late in games is just brutal this year. What do you, what do you think the cause of it is?
0: Because I, I, I was kind—I of, was kind of on that same page where it was kind of like what we used to say about Harden when once he gets down to the end of these games, when he's done so much, you know, regardless of whether there are there, there is other side action, I understand you know not necessarily always having his legs. What do you
1: attribute it to if, if it's not fatigue? I don't think it's—I I think it's that Luka's not that good of an outside shooter yet. Is is kind of is kind it's of my back. thought. Unless it's a like, step back, <laughs> he he he's a high efficient step back shooter. Mm-hmm. But you know, a step back three when mm-hmm. you only need one, mm-hmm. or you know, when you're protecting the lead, isn't a great look. And I I I you know, defense is clamped down late in games. I, I don't think it's fatigue though, because I did not watch that game and feel like Luca controlled every moment. It's it's not. Like, as much as him and Harden have a very similar bag of tricks, mm-hmm. the Mavericks' offense is a lot more PNR-motivated. It it's a lot more finding guys to shoot um, in, in spots they are comfortable, like letting Tim Hardaway Jr. attack, letting Kristaps get a post-up. It's not really the the ISO fuel that that Harden is. And on the other end, like, I'm not taking a shot at Harden. Like, defensively, he sucks. I don't care what you want to tell me about the analytics. Oh, no, Harden is a terrible perimeter defender, as is Russell Westbrook. But... On offense, like, the Mavs couldn't do anything. Like, they doubled in half the game, and Harden was, like, you know, he had 49 in the game, but he was, like, 12 of 18 from the floor before Mm -hmm. OT. Like, they just could not. They could not stop him doing anything.
0: You know, honestly, I had a note here about this game where I you know, where I was you know, was going to make fun of both teams, but you know whatever you know the Mavs. I've seen them. I, I at least I felt like I saw them play defense at, at different times through you know throughout the you know throughout the regular season or obviously prior to this break. Uh, but you know this whole thing where the you know, where the Rockets have just said like eff it about playing defense. I, I, okay, and I I'm, I'm trying not to sound like the old guy, but part of me you know part of me looks at it as like look you gave up 39 and 16 to you know, Porzingis you know Luca absolutely destroyed you you gave up 31 off the bench you know to, you know, to Trey Burke you gave up 24 to Tim Hardaway Jr. Who the hell are they actually going to beat unless they just come into a series you know that it just lights out?
1: Yeah, and that's kind of where i was at too. Like I I I've, like before the bubble started. Like when we went to break and they had made the trade for Covington, I was kind of like, maybe the Rockets are the dark horse. Mm-hmm. Like maybe this just works, but I I don't think it will. Like I, I just think they're they are too they they are too reliant on scoring 150 to get a win. Yeah. Like it it just it just feels like it's an awful lot of pressure on James to be Every on night. point. And again, one of the limiting factors of James Harden is they don't run anything else for him other than for him in Westbrook. Like, the Tim Hardaway Jr., when was the last time two players not went, named Westbrook and Harden each went for 20-plus, let alone 50-plus combined? It, like it just it might have they happened once this year. Yeah, like and without Eric Gordon, too, I mean, like, there's just nobody else on that team that's going to get, you know, like, they're going to throw up the shots that, that are given to them, and that's it. And I don't think that's great from an engagement standpoint. And, and so, like, that's why I kind of pivoted, like, my dark horse team is Boston. Okay. But I do think both Houston and Dallas have have the potential where, like, if, if like the Lakers played like they played against the Raptors and, and mm-hmm. Davis isn't engaged and LeBron's thrown off, you know, they could be up 30 in a hurry. Both of these teams could be up 30 in a hurry, and, you know, like, that hill's just not going to get smaller throughout the game if you're not sharp. So I, I think both teams can catch you off guard, but both Houston and Dallas feel like they don't have the defensive backbone to really go anywhere, so...
0: Was Dallas was, that was Dallas that bad defensively throughout the year, or, or it,
1: was it just that I didn't I wasn't paying attention? Like I mean, they had moments like Dorian Finney Smith and Tim Hardaway Jr. are good defenders. Maxi Kleba is a good defender, but like oh, yeah. on a whole, they don't defend. Well. They don't defend. Okay, and Luka is like Harden too, where like you kind of have to hide him. You know? Oh, it, yeah. It, you know what I mean? Like Seth Curry. It's one of the best shooters in the NBA, yeah, but Seth true. Curry and He's Luka a as a defensive backcourt is tough, man. Yeah, to you're already at minutes. a disadvantage there. Weak, and then the you, you same thing, you're, you're throwing Trey Burke. It's the same idea. Um, yeah. yeah. So it makes I, sense, I, I, Yeah. I think they're, they're Houston and Dallas are probably in a similar position. I mean, props to Robert Covington, who had some really big defensive plays in that game. Mm-hmm. But their big defensive plays on the back of, why is this guy getting an open layup? Yeah. Or, you know, um, which, is, which is different. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, I mean, that was a really fun game. At the end of it, as, like, a Mavs fan, I was pretty pretty frustrated. It was very reminiscent of every Cowboys lead I've ever watched oh, just Oh, just dissipate all the way yeah. down the stretch. <laughs> Nothing like, you know, playing amazing basketball for 42 minutes and just, you know, watching it slip the final six. But, you know, that is how it goes. That is how it goes. Um, we're going to talk about some of the listener hot takes, and then we're going to talk about some of the kneeling, not kneeling um, – Optics. We're going to have that conversation, too, before we eventually get to movie trivia here. But before we do that, a word from our sponsors. Sports are coming back, and so are your chances to bet on your favorite teams and events. Major League Baseball is finally kicking off this week, and there's no better place to start wagering than our exclusive partners, BetOnline. Check out all the odds, futures, and props to bet on, all available 24-7. And with the return of sports, BetOnline sat down with former pro players Eddie George, Harold Reynolds, and the seven-time NBA champ Robert Horry. See what they had to say on what it would be like to play like playing without fans in a series they are calling Fandemic. Visit BetOnline.ag for all your odds and up-to-date sports news. Remember to use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus. That's promo code BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, Your Online Wagering Experts. Have you ever heard of Dealdash.com? It's the best most honest bidding site. Where you can win things you'd never expect, at a price you'd never believe. They have over 1,000 auctions every day in electronics, appliances, beauty products, home decor, home decor, and even cars. Here's how it works. It's like an auction, but every item starts at $0 and only goes up one cent every time you bid. The kicker is that the auction clock restarts after just 10 seconds. That means every time you bid, everyone else has 10 seconds to answer or the item is yours. If you go ahead and buy now, Deal Dash is offering our listeners an extra 100 free bids upon sign up on top of their other discounts. Go to Deal and use the offer code Discourse or Deal fm slash Discourse. That's Deal fm, Discourse. I did check out Deal Dash actually before the show. Oh, I, yeah. I was intrigued. I, I didn't bid on anything yet, but I'm like, I feel like it, it might be about timing. Like, I don't know when all the auctions run, but if it's only going to cost you a cent, you just want to be there when, like, other people aren't all online. <laughs>
0: yeah, I was going to say, like, if, they, if they've if they got, like, overnight auctions, then, uh, you know,
1: I'd absolutely check that out because you're right. It, it's 100% about timing when it comes off. Yeah, man, I could use a new coffee table. i I'd wait up to 3.30 i a.m. to try and stay at a coffee table for 17 cents. Yeah, like, we are. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> Black Friday. Yeah, yeah, without the Stompede, man. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Okay, here we go. Um, I've got a list. So, amidst... uh, You know what? I'll give you a sec to speak on this, too, because I saw your tweet talking about how you thought, similar to me, that sort of the the Jersey messages were were, uh, like an empty gesture, Mm -hmm. and you were, like, not sold all the way on this whole social justice really being a thing in the bubble, but you've been been pleasantly surprised by uh, the commentating team's you know, following up with stories, talking about Breonna Taylor, giving some stats, and uh, is that still the case? Yeah,
0: because you know, you you know, I'm a bit of a pessimist when it comes to this stuff. When it, whether it's performative or symbolic, or you know, like oh, like hey, yeah, pray for this cause or whatever the case may be. Because honestly, most of the time, that's literally all it is. Uh, so when it came to the Jersey situation, and you know, you had certain players come up, come out after the fact and say they they weren't necessarily in love with the fact that they couldn't pick their own messages and all of that. I thought I 100% chalked it up to be. Oh, it's going to just be... It's going to be a shit show, whatever. Okay, fine. Cute. I appreciate the fact that they've actually taken it like it and, and initially I thought okay maybe they'll talk about this stuff for the first game oh, okay they didn't then I thought oh, okay no every single game all the way throughout the you know throughout the broadcast and it isn't like they're beating you over the head with these things they're actually just working it into the casual conversation which is absolutely perfect because that in my honest estimation is the way to get through to certain folks like if, if it's if it's if it's made into like a, a grandstanding thing uh, and not to say that there would be anything wrong with that because, the, you know, like the conversations, you know, warrant that type of attention. But if it is made into a grandstanding thing, oftentimes you lose, you know, you lose a, a certain portion of the audience that never wanted to hear from you to begin with. But the, they, they have really, you know, they have done a good job, the, you know, so far, once again, you know, so far of m- making it a, you know, a general part of the conversation, but at highlighting it and doing it in ways where it actually engages with the audience. So I, I, I actually have, I think that they've all done a good job so far.
1: Yeah, I, I think the commentary on social issues has been fairly good. I still think the jerseys are hackery. Um, yeah. Oh my gosh, the jerseys are bugging me, man. I I, I just, <laughs> even as someone who watches like a thousand NBA games a year, I'm just sometimes annoyed where like I just you know I look off for a second, I'm not sure who scored, and then I see the jerseys in the mix, and I'm like ugh. And I and I, I watch every team all year. What like they- if you're someone who only watches like your team, you're looking at them and you're like ugh.
0: Yeah, but I'll be honest with you. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna allow that. You know, that argument because I. I saw that. I saw that on the timeline as well. The commentators have, and I listened for it. They have specifically been doing a great job of designating who you know, did everything. Yeah, they, they, yeah. They, they've but... gone out of their way. I know it's different for us, and yes, we recognize that. But They. they they've accounted for that.
1: They do nothing like the jerseys. The jerseys do nothing. And and they made that really clear when Jimmy Butler tried to sneak his no name on the back jersey and then changed it right away again um, to accommodate, you know, protesting, but only in the way that the NBA says is, you know, allowed. Um, if, I'm, I'm, I'm if, with you on the commentary. I just think the jerseys are this empty half measure that is that are just aesthetically not pleasing.
0: Yeah, I, I would have wanted more or something you know slightly different, but because they've combined it with the commentary and specifically because they're 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 going from okay he's had, he's got this and they just like I said seamlessly transitioned into a thing. That's the reason why I can appreciate them being used as a springboard. But on their own, yes, they you know they're they're just a gesture.
1: So a list of players who <clears throat> have not knelt or have pushed back on some of the new policies thus far: Jonathan Isaac. Paul George, Terrence Davis, Michael Porter Jr., Greg Popovich, Myers Leonard, all of these in, in different ways, and we can go through a few of them. Um, I'm going to point out, as we're recording this Sunday morning, Mark Stein is reporting, um, teams were also reminded today that penalties for non-compliance on mask wearing at the NBA bubble range from warnings to fine suspensions and potentially even campus, removal from campus. Mm. Um. Yeah, quite a few players are on the COVID is uh, not real vibe. Damien Lillard entered that arena for a minute too. Uh, Terrence Davis of the Raptors yesterday put a hole in the middle of his mask uh, after sharing an Instagram thing about, I'm sure you've seen it going around, like, oh, how come doctors haven't talked about vitamins and anything? This is all a hoax. Yeah. <sighs> Again, vitamins are good. I, I don't think anyone has stood up and been like, don't take vitamin C you know, like take your vitamins. It is not, however, a cure for COVID. Um Terrence Davis's uh, mask yesterday—I'm rather sure—is why we're getting this um, note from the league, reported by Mark Stein. <laughs> just, just like it's not that hard, guys.
0: Uh, yeah, man. I'm, I'm gonna be honest with you. I have zero patience for this. I have zero patience for the, you know, for the, you know, COVID's not real thing. I have zero patience for. All you have to do is wear this mask, and everybody stays safe. I get it. I, I get it. Look. I'm so frustrated even having this conversation because, you know, obviously, whether it's related to the NBA or related to everything in our, you know, in our, you know, speaking generally, you know, for everyone, in our lives, this is the constant conversation. All people are trying to do is keep you and everyone else safe. If you can't see the merits of that, then to be honest with you, get the fuck out of the bubble, go home, figure it out, you will you'll figure out something else. That's all I got.
1: Here's the thing, um, yeah. I'm not even, you know, Terrence Davis. I'm just going to leave it. You know, I see enough of that within the family. I'm just going to leave it. <laughs> Jonathan Isaac, and I might, I might, I might surprise you with this. I don't know. Jonathan Isaac's, you know, didn't didn't Neil didn't wear a Black Lives Matter T-shirt mm-hmm. after the game. Is Ta- Taylor Rooks? Yes. Is that her name? Yeah. Asked him, you know, do do Black Lives Matter to you? To which he said, yes, of course. Mm-hmm. You know, and then she said, you know, why, why didn't you take a knee? Why didn't you wear a T-shirt? And he said, I don't believe that wearing a T-shirt or taking a knee walk hand in hand with actually, you know, caring about the issues. And um, I do not think that he should have got crucified in the way that he did for that comment. Um, because I think that's very true. That being said, he didn't really answer why he he didn't support the message. Like, so I understand there's reason to be frustrated. Then they also come through his Twitter followers and he follows a bunch of like super conservatives. Yeah. I, just I, like that. I was like, just Yo, like that. It's Jonathan not- <laughs> Isaac's dead today. And so again, I'm I'm walking you through. With that initial comment, I think he's not he's not wrong. There's a lot of people who are happy to wear the t shirt. Oh, I did my part. Uh, now we're good. You know, like I, I, I don't think taking a knee or wearing a T-shirt makes you a hero or means you did anything. So I'm with them on that. But that being said, you know, then they went through his Twitter history and found all these things, and I would have liked to hear more. Like the reason I chose not to wear the shirt is because, like, I'm a conservative, and I, you know, like just be honest with it. Because he's 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 dead to NBA Twitter now anyway. Mm-hmm. But he didn't he didn't really get that far, and uh, it's kind of un, it's kind of unfortunate because. I get his initial message there, but it's it's not gonna matter when you're on the other side.
0: Yeah, no, I'm a, I'm just gonna be be I'm not going to even uh, sugarcoat this. Jonathan Isaac is full of shit, and here's the reason why. <laughs> um, yeah, like like w- as soon as he started to sprout spout off of those conservative talking points, talk calling Black Lives Matter a terrorist organization and talking about you know like all of the damage that they saw. So I I'm not having the conversation.
1: Wait, the, wait, where did he say that?
0: That was. Let me find it. I'll find it for you, and I'll, I'll and I'll send it to you afterwards. But
1: oh, okay. I but saw
0: that as part of the quote, and I said, okay, you know, uh, w- the conversation is done. The conversation done. And, and listen, for the listener's sake out there, people are going to say like, well, if you can if someone can't express themselves. I'm talking about disingenuine conversations when people don't want to have an actual conversation about facts and things that we see before us, and they only and they want to say the, you know they want to you know, give the what about or what about this or what about black. That's not having a genuine conversation. So. I respect his right to say I don't want to kneel because the truth of the matter is I don't care whether any of these guys kneel, whether any of these guys put a shirt on or any of that. What I do care about is what they actively do. And if you are actively trying to put you know, to push a false narrative, if you are actively trying to spin something that is that is absolutely uh trying to be positive and trying to, uh, you know, uh, put forth progress, you know, know, for the betterment of of individuals, and you're just looking for ways to, you know, looking for ways to, uh, you know, know, to to, uh, call it into question or simply uh, demonize it, without having actual facts behind that, I'm not having that conversation.
1: Paul George asked about Jonathan Isaac. um, Said, I applaud Jonathan Isaac for his stance and his beliefs. He's not wrong, nobody's wrong. I think that's what's so great about it. It is everyone has a voice in this situation. I understand that that quote might not mean what it it sounds like it means, but, like, my God, Paul George and Charles Barkley are leading the is-there-are-good-people-on-all-sides there there uh, Mm -hmm. momentum. Like, Barkley, to start TNT coming back on Thursday, was unbelievable with his (laughs) fine-people-everywhere commentary. Like, the whole, like, there are people who are wrong. Like there there, there are course. people who are wrong and and I'm with you like I, I'm with Isaac and that if you wear a shirt you're not a hero I'm with with uh, you know I understand like if you don't take a knee you can still care about people but I'm also like that's not the issue these aren't the people that we're talking about like there are actively racist terrible shitty people in the world and they are they are wrong um, th- this wouldn't all be necessary if there weren't people who were wrong yes
0: it, I mean it, it's as simple as this We've all had the conversation of why you know, of of the all lies versus you know, versus one individual If yes, all of the houses matter. If all of the houses matter in a neighborhood, when one house is on fire, we're not yes. going and spraying the other houses. We're spraying the house that's on fire. And the reason why, like I know that you know, you know some of the listeners may be like, "Oh wow, you know, he sounds like he has an attitude." I'm just tired. Of, I'm tired of having these conversations because we because like this, it, it isn't a difficult concept. It's not a difficult concept. We all—I I genuinely believe that all of us, all of you out there, you, uh, Josh, as my friend and my co-host, we all understand what this is. So it, it's—I'm sorry—it's just tough for me to have the you know like to have that conversation and 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 give it much more than just being frustrated.
1: I'll save us the Michael Porter Jr. conversation because it's it's you know repetitive yeah. and you're tired of it. But I will I will say, Greg Popovich, Myers, Leonard, both wouldn't take a knee. Mm-hmm. Um, Popovich has been active. He doesn't like Donald Trump. Yep. Popovich gets the benefit of the doubt from most people. I'm not one of those people. Um, don't particularly like the guy. He's had some other moments to me that I think are foul. Um, but I understand we're, we're not going to crush him for not taking a knee. St. Myers Leonard had a ton of people who came out and said this guy's not, you know, amongst amongst them Chris Haynes, Chris Haynes but he's not prejudiced at all. He's a brother in the Marines. You know, he, he lost a lot of sleep over it because he didn't want to upset his brother or his teammates and his friends. And I, I, I'm okay with both of these guys not kneeling because kneeling doesn't do anything in the grand scheme. But at the same time I, I maintain that it's fucking stupid that taking a knee during a song somehow hurts America's soul and the troops. I, like Literally there are black veterans um, Hello. many, many, many black veterans Hello. there are many white veterans who have stepped up and said I don't I'm not offended by this at all. We fight so that people can have the right to to peacefully protest. I don't understand th- this argument at all, but I'm not I'm not really mad at it. That's right.
0: It- it never was about that. Everyone that has made that argument knows that you know they know that, that that's not what it was. It was never being disrespectful to the military. That's not the case. Everyone that continues to put you know to push that as even a, a topic of conversation is being disingenuous. And I really, and I really can't stand you. I'm not talking about you. You know what I mean? Like it. it yes. the, like again, I don't care if Pop you know Niels. I don't care if Myers Leonard Niels. I don't care what their reasons are. If they wanted, if they want to associate it with Bo being uh, having love for the military, that's their right. It's bullshit, but that's their right. Let's Just show me I, what you're going to do. Just show me what I, you're going to do.
1: I mean, we're not going to do it either because this isn't the podcast, but, like, have you ever read the article about the American soldier who thought he was a Jedi and realized when he was killing innocent people in Afghanistan and Iraq that he was a stormtrooper? <laughs> like, the yeah. American military is not a good thing. Like, I, I i don't really care if that offends anyone. Like, it, we
0: have fantasized about- it so much that, the, the, honestly, the, they're not going to hear you. I I can't believe it it. when
1: I go to American sporting events how much like rah-rah military football games guys dropping out parachutes like the American military has done a terrible a many 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 terrible things I remain very confused at how like one how it disrespects them but if it does disrespect them like defund the police you know there's an awful lot of world citizens who would love to defund the american military but now i probably lost this every conservative listener we had left oh
0: it's a guarantee at this point because i'm sitting here like well you know what since we're doing that i recommend folks uh if you're interested in seeing you know some of what our military and some of what our uh government agencies have done read the book that i just started reading again uh confessions of an economic hitman very good stuff
1: Yeah, I mean let, let's move on from that. But mm-hmm. that I mean the, the conversations have so many layers, and again, this is the problem when people are looking to the NBA to solve um, <laughs> political issues. That Which is why they it, should not be the ones we yeah, look to. for That, these that things are things. out of their domain. You get stuck in these little conversations that mean nothing when really there's policy and whatever, 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 whatever. whatever. I digress. <laughs> um, okay, we I asked before we got on the show, what is the hottest take you feel comfortable with? After three days of bubble games, um, our friend at Duncan Smith NBA said the Sixers are still the Sixers. People very much like this take. Did you watch any of Sixers Pacers yesterday?
0: Uh, I did, and I kind of agree. I, look here, <laughs> I I think I went into the year thinking that the Sixers would you know, had a chance to come out. Like I, in fact, I think I think that was my prediction. I, I, I don't want to you know I don't want to you know uh, give myself a pass. I think that's actually what my prediction was. Um, I, I like them. Uh, it's great to see Embiid looking, you know, looking incredible. Even though it, it's crazy to me to think that both of his career 40-20 games. I don't know if you had this note. They, you know, they came in and lost to the Pacers. Um, it's, you know, it, it's great to see them, but I, I, I'm just, I can't get sold on them. You know, for whatever the reason is, I can't get sold on them.
1: Yeah, they, they're not good, man. they're just, they just don't fit. They are, uh, I don't know, they're like a piece of gold and a piece of silver and a piece of. Brass and they're all taped together And like all of these metals are fine pieces But uh, Mm -hmm. not in one Big melting pot So um, (laughs) Shake Milton, the story came out That he was going to go to the starting lineup Ben Simmons is going to go to power forward uh, there was a lot of hope that Shake Milton was going to be like an answer, and he had some good games prior to the bubble collapsing. He was 0 of 1 in 19 minutes. Yikes. One argument with Joel Embiid, three yikes. three turnovers, five fouls, <laughs> 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 huge yikes! That, that wasn't it. That wasn't the answer. 19 minutes zero points five fouls in a fight with Embiid Shake Milton ladies and gentlemen Um, that's (laughs) probably what happened when you're like you know what actually this guy on the roster that we have this this second round pick who hasn't got a ton of run he is he is our savior that's a lot to ask when you're paying like five other players $30 million a year but hey it's, um, it's not like four months is long enough to come up with a better plan okay
0: Oh, you need to get. You need to give them a little bit more of a pass. They have. They only had four months to come figure this out. All
1: the all the Philly wants to fight us right now. Shout out to you, Aton. I think everyone wants to fight us on this, <laughs> this podcast. But like Embiid again, he's a plus 21. 41 points, twenty-one rebounds, three blocks, four assists. He was awesome. Um, they didn't win. That yeah. I just again like here's the other end. If you force feed a big. If you force feed a big, what are the other four guys doing when Joe Embiid posts up 13 times in a game? I just, like, it's kind of like the Harden argument. Like, how is everybody else staying engaged? Tobias Harris was staying engaged by shooting 30 times for 30 points. But, like, you know, I I I think though I watched it for, like, five minutes. And just to watch T.J. Warren get it off, you know, 53 points, congrats to him. And honestly, all these, I, I did it, slam did it, all these plays. Who's going to score 51st in the bubble? Whoever put money down on T.J. Warren is feeling it. Um, oh, T.J. Doing TJ great T.J. right Warren. now, <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, they're sitting on a pile. Uh, Fifty three points on twenty nine shots, absolutely just torched them. Uh, TJ Warren makes thirty five million this year on his contract, or over the next three years. Uh, uh, Tobias Harris makes one hundred and eighty million over the next five. And, so. and what's funny about
0: that? I don't have the box score in front of me, but I saw it reference on the timeline, and I wish I could give credit to it. But Tobias Harris, if I'm not mistaken, took twenty nine shots to get thirty points in the same exact game where his uh, yes. You know,
1: <laughs> where his uh, his other did it in, you know, yeah, 53. And I looked it up, man. Like, on the season, TJ Warren, 19 points a game, mm-hmm. almost 60 true shooting percentage. On the season, Tobias Harris, 19 points a game, 55.7 true shooting percentage. Like, they're literally the same awkward 3-4 hybrid guy score in the same amount of ways. Uh, TJ Warren just did it better for $20 million less. Oof. And that's... And, I mean, the Suns gave... And, like, Suns fans... Suns fans are soft, man. Like, I get it. You, uh-huh. You've taken nothing but L's for a long time. But, like, they're trying to, like, protect their team because everyone's uh-huh. like, man, they, they like, the, 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 the Pacers got Warren for cash considerations kind of thing. Yeah. And they're like, oh, but well, we needed this space this time, Kelly Oubre, and, like, you know, you can't have it both ways. Like, yeah, we can. You, you gave you up a player that you just dropped 53 points so, and who looks like he's yeah. on a bargain deal. Just take the l. Just tick the L. Why and not are you defending that, your garbage on management?
0: Shout out to our guy, you know, the blunt, or our friend, the blunt doctor. The truth of the matter is, the folks that are defending, you know, the, the Suns right now were mad that they let TJ Warren go, specifically because they loved TJ Warren when he was there
1: yeah and I, I i just i hate when fans who are happy to like bash ownership 99 percent of the time to make a garbage trade like that where now everyone's looking at tj warren like wow he's got one of the best contracts in the nba or like well actually we had to do it da, da, da. like no come on just 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 admit you guys screwed up own it and let's carry yeah. on um it, I, I hate that fan behavior man fans are the worst uh <laughs> a couple more of these hot takes we got a lot um, at Semo eight five eight, Christian been a fan of the show for a minute. Michael Bridges and Ogn and Obi got next in terms of good young wings. I got I got nothing. Like they're both going to be really good. I don't know about next in terms of like if we're talking about like all stars for a long time to come. But like they're they're both going to be very good players for a long time.
0: Yeah, I was just gonna say, what does next mean? Does it, it does he mean like you know next up, like you know to be the you know the, the guy that we're all talking about, uh, whether they deserve it or not, or next up to like actually ascend to all star level? I don't necessarily know that you know, we're gonna see all star level just yet, but you you know that I've been you know I, I've been at least interested and intrigued by OG for the last couple of years, so I would love to see him make it there. You know, I'm not arguing against it. I'm just saying I,
1: I don't necessarily you know know that it's a it's a lock just yet. OG did a very nice job against Braun yesterday. Um, very nice job. Um, at Warfell job. underscore at Warfell underscore G says the East should just fast forward to a Raps Bucks showdown. Um, I th- I, th- <laughs> I think you know like the Celtics played a pretty good game against the Bucks with Tatum shooting like he was blind. I I just I'm yeah. not ready to say just skip it was over the two Celtics for eighteen game in guess. that game. Yeah, something like that. He was like maybe two maybe for eighteen and they and 19, were right there.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and they were right there down the stretch. I'm actually with you. You cannot just skip over them. In fact, I don't want to skip over it because I do think that we're going to see some, some really fun matchups throughout
1: the playoffs on both sides. At Tyler Adams says, the format heavily benefits the Rockets more than any other team. Seems like refs aren't missing too many foul calls. They can hear every bit of contact.
0: Uh... I, I, I see what he's saying. Uh the, the Rockets get calls, man. They got calls when there was fans in the stands, they got they're gonna get calls without fans in the stands, without the with or without the noise. I, I, I don't think that the format has anything you know, anything better for in store for them.
1: I think that he's not wrong on, on the officiating. I still think the defensive thing with the Rockets is is the issue though. Like they're gonna get they're gonna get plenty of calls, but I, I still think the defense
0: is worse. but, but but we, but let but to be clear. I'm sorry. No, they got calls before this. Like that, that was that's been a thing where we we all like to pile on the rocket on Rockets Twitter for that reason because it's like even in games where he has 50 points, it's like yeah. But we watched 28 of them come from the free throw line. We nobody wants to see that. Like yeah, they they've always gotten calls and they're going to
1: continue to. How many free throws did they get against the Mavericks? Now I got to know. The Mavs got third, or the Rockets got mm-hmm. 39 free throws. The Mavs got 38. So. Everybody's getting, getting calls. Um, yeah. Yes. The, yeah. At U-B-A-L-D-O-X-X, you docs, I don't know. Underscore U-B-A-L-D-O-X-X says, I mean, thinking if Kawhi was still in this Raptors team, they're going back-to-back. I'm pretty with that one, too. I, yeah. I think if the, yeah. if, if the Raptors yeah. have Kawhi... <laughs> like, the minutes that are going, like, Fred Van Fleet gets a few less, OG gets a few less, and uh, Norman Powell's out of the rotation... I mean, and
0: yeah, you get Kawhi. I mean, come on,
1: yeah, yeah, you get Kawhi. Yeah. I mean, no, like, no
0: arguments here. You, 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 you know, I spent I spent twenty minutes trying to convince you that you know, they, they, they <coughs> might come out. So with Kawhi, yeah, they'd be right there. They'd be right there in there again.
1: I just think like a Kyle Lowry, Kawhi Leonard, OG and Pascal Siakam, mm. Marcus Morris, or lineup is like impenetrable. That's ugly. That's, it, that's uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oof. At I am Eric Vincent says the Raptors are more than capable of repeating as champs as is. We've kind of talked about that one. Yeah, we, we went into that. Yeah. Um, at Rob Watson22, Lakers not making finals a hot take or is it a lukewarm take?
0: Uh. It's, I feel like what do you think? People are 50 50 on Lakers Clippers? I was Killer just going to say it's in the middle. Like it really is. Yeah. And this is good. Look, I'm the I'm Lakers homer straight up. And I'm not going to say, oh no, I'm going to put all my money on that. No, of course not. The Clippers are ridiculous. And that's that series, if it doesn't go seven, well, to be honest with you, if it doesn't go seven, it's because the Clippers got it, you know, it got it earlier. So that that that
1: that tells you where I am on the Clippers. At T half court press says Portland's coming for that eighth spot. Um
0: uh, it's possible. Would it they have to be within three games? You know, the, you know, for the play-in
1: situation. Well, I I don't believe in the Pelicans. I think the Pelicans could just go home. Yeah, they, they uh, they're done. They they. Are I home. don't really. The Spurs are two back, so I I mean it, it. feels like I I mean I I think we the most likely situation. I mean, coming in, it was, but it remains Grizzlies Trailblazers for that play-in game. It's going to be. Ooh, it is be, what it is. That's going to be a hell of a lot of fun. I'm not going to lie to you.
0: I'm, 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 yeah, I'm, it I'm is. Here, I'm here to watch that. I'm actually. And I actually
1: I didn't get to catch any of the, the OT game, um, unfortunately. I didn't. Uh, that's one of the ones I didn't get to catch any of. But uh, I heard, you know, C.J. and Dame were doing their things. Um, mm-hmm. I'm trying to find a lost the guy's name. He, he, and this comes up every time C.J. McCollum has a good game. The Blazers should build around C.J. McCollum, not Damian Lillard going forward. Why, why do people think that? I don't know, man. I mean, look, I
0: okay, so here's the thing. I like C.J. McCollum. Let's just make that clear. He's awesome. He's a fun follow on Twitter. He's good He's good on the mic. Great on the court, all of that to say. No, C.J. McCollum is able to rock because Dame is there. And I'm not saying he wouldn't be good without Dame, but I guarantee you if C.J., if you have a con- an honest conversation with C.J., he would say his life is made easier by the presence of Dame. And, and yes, vice versa as well. But, le- like, people, let's not be silly here.
1: <laughs> um... At LTCM underscore analyst says Luca and Tatum are good young players, but also incredibly overrated. Um, another take that I ha- I said I-, I wouldn't be surprised. This is like Tatum was like one of two or one of three when this I tweeted this. If Tatum was in the best two way player conversation next year, and people got really mad at me because like Giannis exists, so I should have said after Giannis. But I really do think he could be in that Paul George Kawhi Leonard. Type range next year. That's how I, highly I think of Tatum. I, I, I got crushed had, for that
0: one. I think he has the same potential, that, and and I get you know fans not wanting to give it up to a rival or you know give give it up or even honestly let's 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 be real, give it up for a guy that a lot of people give it up for because I have been that person before. Real, just like mm, no. You know what I'm saying, and and if people were being a lot more honest about things, that, that that's the basis of a lot of a lot of these arguments. That really is. Like if if you really look at it, that's the basis of it. You just don't want to give it up. Though saying that those two have the potential to be that, they, they, I don't think that's a hot take in, in the slightest. There's there's. They're not overrated, because no one's saying that they're the greatest of all time. They're not overrated because no one's even saying that they are the you know top one and two players right now. But they're in the conversation and in that top ten. And if you're already in the top ten conversation and you're already definitely a top ten player, you know you know people can you know say whatever they want about Tatum. He's in that conversation. Then you have the potential to be that.
1: You know, yeah, here's the thing. Neither of these guys is overrated. Like no. Luca, Luca's probably going to be on the MVP ballot. He's going to be All NBA second team at worst. Tatum's going to be All NBA third team. They're both All Stars. They're 22 and 21 years old. Yeah. Um, there were times this year where Luca was leading MVP columns. There were times, you know, specifically the six weeks before the bubble collapse, where Tatum looked like he was, you know, the third or fourth best player over that span. Man, um,
0: they pass nah. every test. Think about it. Yeah. Like, every test, even the eyeball test, whether it's the eyeball test, the analytics test, like, across the board, even the old man test, like, yeah, they get it done. They put up numbers on good teams, and their teams are winning. So, come on.
1: Shouts to everybody that sent one in. Like, we have, like, a hundred of these, so we're not going to get these um, all up. But we'll do one more. Um, at Ryan James 1212 Zion has no clue how to play NBA defense, but nobody wants to have that combo.
0: Well, why? how would he know? You know what I'm saying? Like like he's played what 25 games at this level. Uh, 21, yeah. tw- you know, 21 games at this level chopped up, you know, broken up uh, between injuries as well as a freaking pandemic. That's it's unrealistic to think that he would you know, that he would be anywhere
1: near an NBA level defender at this stage. So I get what he's day, saying. But it's so it I, yeah. I get what he's saying though because like everyone was like after like it it is too everything on Zion has been too fast. Yes too fast and in those 19 games where he was all world offensively he was you know brutal defensively he can't rotate to save his life and you know now he's got issues with you know he's got to get back in the flow offense but that being said yeah everything you said is also true we're just like this whole year didn't really make sense to evaluate Zion but that didn't stop people and it didn't stop the league you know, to oh, be yeah. honest, the league from trying to make him the face of the NBA and putting you know the Pelicans in every spotlight game they possibly could. Um, you know, even though they have a guy that's going to be the 12th player ever to go back to back MVP, even though they you know they have uh, Luca doing what he's doing the second year, um, but they were like Zion's our next face of the league before he played a minute. So yeah, they, they you know, jumped. They jumped the gun, and a lot of folks be, jumped the gun. Be mad at the NBA. Don't even blame the media. Be mad at the NBA. Like that—that's who did this. Um, <laughs> Maybe we'll get to some more of these next week, but we're going pretty long. I still want to do this movie trivia before we get out of here. All right. Um, So let's do that. Actually no Let's save the movie trivia For next one too Because we're already In 90 minutes Let's just do Let's let's wrap up with What are you binging
0: right, mine was quick Obviously it's basketball And the other thing That I started Was the And I I sent you a text About it That's how excited I was You know I do that Cursed I started that I started the first episode Actually I I finished The first episode I'm midway through The second episode I love the cast I love the spin On the story I love Gustav Skarsgård As Merlin Um, I'm actually a fan Of Catherine Langford You know as as Lady of the Lake uh, Specifically from Actually the show That you tried to laugh About me watching Uh, Was it 13 Reasons why or whatever, you know, she was good in that. Uh I'm really intrigued to see what Devin Terrell, you know, how he winds up playing King Arthur. Uh Look, it, even as funny as like when I first saw the little cutaway art clips, you know, that they use in order to transition between scenes. At first, I was like, "What the hell is this?" That even works. So I, I'm I'm all in on this. I, I really I, like, that I like one. it, too. That was, and that was a good that was a good
1: suggestion. I like those cuts too. Yeah, I, I, I'm I'm definitely I'm definitely gonna catch the next season. Of that one, I like fantasy man fantasy oh, yeah. on TV back in the day it was hard like the, just the, the visual effects and costume designs it is tough to sell this magical world 20 30 years ago televisions reached a point now where like we can do some really fun things yeah and uh, it fits I'm more immersed in the universe um, you know what, quickly b- before
0: you go just wanted to quickly throw out have you really have you ever taken a look to look at that or take, take a moment to look at the Skarsgård family? no might be the most talented damn family <laughs> like okay so you have got guskov's you know scars obviously uh playing merlin in this and he's been in other things anybody Smokey. that's low key yeah exactly uh you've got alex who's you know true blood big little lies he's you know he, he's in a ton of stuff he's great you've got the younger brother bill who's pennywise and he's been in you know it's been you know pennywise and in it in, in all of the, the latest iterations of it Stellan is the dad Stellan from goodwill hunting and thor and chernobyl like, that's just a ridiculously, cra- a crazily uh, talented family.
1: Yeah, I didn't know they were all related, so yeah. there you go. That's all this uh, Yeah, fair enough. Um, okay, um, what was the other one that I wanted to... Do? Oh, okay, so Kingdom on Netflix, which I've been watching. Okay. Very into, I'm on season three, or episode three of season two. Uh, yeah, this, this, this remains quite good. And uh, if you like fantasy and you like zombies, this is a very... Well done drama, no comedy, um, pretty pretty intense little world they've woven together here, weaved together. So it, it, definitely get on it. Okay. I did want to, just one minute, I watched a movie this week, um, Primal. Have you heard of this? I have not. Nick Cage came out last year. I didn't hear anyone talk about it. Nick Cage is a big game hunter. <laughs> <laughs> He's He found a 400-pound white jaguar. He he's illegally trying to sell it to the zoo. He contracts this boat at the last minute. The last minute, the like CIA or whatever, whoever some American agency doing something overseas, Mm -hmm. um, brings on a you know convicted political assassin, um, played by Kevin Durant if you know who that is. He's King Arthur 310 Diuma, really big dude. Ah, okay. Um, Okay. And uh, they they're bringing him on this boat as a prisoner. Kevin Durant, of course escapes and sets loose like the jaguar and some snakes and some other animals on this boat um he quickly he makes quick work of all the guys that were uh, all the marines and cia or whatever who were guarding him so it's up to nicholas cage to put his big game hunting skills um together to catch uh kevin durant on this boat as he kills everybody and you know with, with a jaguar in play this movie is like this Is the movie of movies for Nick Cage, man? <laughs> this is the most Nick Cage movie that we've gotten since Con Air. Um, you know, IMDb gave it a 4.9 out of 10, Rotten Tomatoes gave it like 38%. But this movie is good, man. I actually, I genuinely, I genuinely enjoyed this movie for being a bad Nick Cage movie, but being hella entertaining. So if you haven't seen Primal, go give this a look because I also checked today and the highest, the highest, uh, grossing movie of 2020 is bad boys for life so Whoa. you know it, oh well i mean there's not. <laughs> you can't go wrong you can't go wrong watching anything in 2020 everybody gets a pass this year
0: it's it's the year uh, you know what uh, shout out to miles gray of the daily zeitgeist he, i think he's been calling it the year of the airplane you know airplane entertainment where it doesn't matter like if you just treat it like you're on, the, on an airplane you'll watch it just watch it and that's fine i'm it's not at the top of my list but you know what on a, on a random night i might actually watch that
1: um, sh- before we wrap up shouts to Adam Green who gave me like the birthday up what's up and uh, also told us he was listening to the pod but didn't didn't like my commentary too much on Pulp fiction <laughs> so yeah. I've, I've heard that that's probably like the most common comment like liking the pod but shut your mouth about Pulp fiction so. All right, I'll do what I got to do. You know, I I, I ticked off some people on the timeline this week. We got two bad reviews on the podcast. I saw it. Funny how those always go lock and step. Mm. Um, If you haven't, if you enjoy the pod, please like, rate, subscribe, review. We'll see you Thursday morning.